Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Welcome to the special edition of Laugh. Laugh goes to the Oscars. Our review today features Adam McKay's dissection of the 2008 financial crisis, The Big Short. Boasting five Academy Award nominations, this movie made quite an impact at the end of the year and, like its subject matter, took many people by surprise. Marked by witty dialogue, snappy editing, and innovative film techniques, The Big Short solidified its Oscar chances by winning top honors at this year's Producers Guild Awards. Other Oscar nominations go to Christian Bell for his performance as financial analyst Michael Burry and Best Director Adam McKay, who also earned a Best Adapted Screenplay nod along with Charles Rudolph. Rounding out the nominations is Hank Corwin for Best Film Editing. In addition to Bell, this film boasts an impressive cast, which includes Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt, and Steve Carroll. The Laugh Podcast wanders into the confusing world of default swaps, hedge funds, and synthetic CDOs to analyze The Big Short. Uh, welcome to episode 126, where we're reviewing The Bid Short. This is our third uh, Best Picture Oscar review. Laugh goes the Oscars. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, as Mr. John Anderson said, we're reviewing The Bid Short from director Adam McKay about the housing bubble bursting in 2008. Right. This is an interesting little film because the director is not known for doing these more serious comedies. McRae is probably best known for doing Anchorman, Talligate. Talligate, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Yeah, and Step Brothers. So he likes using the Will Ferrell a lot. But this is some uh, dramedy, maybe? <sighs> Comedy? Hard to categorize. Yeah. What'd you I think say, of this? Uh, yeah, I had problems with this movie. <laughs> I had a lot of problems with this movie. I, I didn't... I can appreciate it for its technical uh, aspects, the things that make it stick out, the things that are different about it. Like Deadpool movie we reviewed recently it breaks a fourth wall and some of the conventions of filmmaking it tries to tell the story in a unique way there was another little movie that came out this year that deals with the housing bubble from 2008 and the impact that it has on individuals uh it's called 99 homes i think you recommended it two weeks ago on the we laugh as it came out in dvd or Redbox. and i like that movie a lot better than this dealing with the same subject matter and, uh, you know, the more I think about it, I think it's because of the way that uh, the movie chose to tell the story. You mean by breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. and having all of these different characters doing their own thing and there's very little overlap. Right. I think one character intersects throughout with marginally with some of the other characters, either through phone calls or he mentions some other story that's happening simultaneous to his and uh i guess that that's played by ryan gosling mm-hmm. of all of the actors he was pro or in the roles not necessarily the actors but the roles that they were playing he was probably my favorite uh there are four major actors here christian bale who's nominated for best supporting or best lead actor i thought I think so. it's supporting right for it's another nomination plays michael burry uh you got the aforementioned ryan gosling playing jared Bennett. Steve Carell plays Mark Baum, 
And these are all based on real people. They're not really the names of the people, except for Christian Bale, I think Michael Burry. Uh, they chose to use his real name. And um, the fourth major actor in this is Brad Pitt, playing uh, Ken Reich, or Ben Reichert, sorry. I like Brad Pitt. I like him as an actor mm-hmm. more than other people who I talk to on a regular basis. But uh, in this movie, hmm, not so much. He was fine. He seems to be content at this point in his career to be in these ensemble films. Yeah, I think uh, there's something going on with that. It'll be, uh, I'd like to talk about it in a minute, but what was your take on the movie? Uh, I liked it. I did not love it. I thought it was interesting. They're telling a highly, highly technical story that involves a lot of math and finances and stuff most people are bored with very, very quickly. And they're also telling a story of a lot of loathsome loathsome characters really really just uh, unlikable people who are motivated pretty much only by their own greed but yet we're interested in their stories and what happens with them steve carell's character is constantly interrupting people so that he can go take a phone call and it seems like his own little private ego power trip you know that he does this on purpose to make a scene and to just show people how much he doesn't care about them but yet you're always interested when he pops back on screen after being gone for five or ten minutes, and you want to see what's next with him. Yeah, he's uh, he's acting in a, he's act, he's playing a strange part mm-hmm. because he is he makes a lot of comments about supporting the little man and helping out the little man, and he's like really anti-bank to begin with initially. Apparently, there's some reason for that. Some motivation is it his brother that committed suicide or something because of a yeah. bank default or something or the the bank. So, but when the push comes to shove, he still makes billions and billions of dollars off of the backs of people who suffer. So it's like the sequence where they go down into Florida, Baum and his psychics, mm-hmm. and they see all the subprime loans that are being sent out and people buying houses and losing houses and encountering the people that. Um, deal in that arena he seems to have a judgment of it he like, steps back but then his action is to go make some money off of it well i mean he manages a hedge fund he's got he's supposed to make his clients money right. he sees a wonderful opportunity and there's nothing he can do to stop this fall from happening so is it wrong to profit off of it I think it's wrong to be sanctimonious about it. Because, I mean, like when you buy stock or you, you know, you invest in anything, don't you only really make money if other people lose money in no. a horribly oversimplified way? No. Does the tide raise all ships? No. I, in the financial I, that market? Is an incredibly oversimplistic method of viewing things because even if you make money off of stocks, you're not sanctimonious about it and hypocritical. You're not, you know, oh, the banks are horrible, they're horrible people, and it's a horrible organization, it's a horrible setup, while you're simultaneously buying stocks. So I think it's it's that element that I found most distasteful about it. And then even the Ben Reichert guy, played by Brad Pitt, who sort of acts as the active moral center, who calls guys out when they start celebrating because they made a whole bunch of money off of a stock swap or a fault deal or whatever. He's like, hey, man... We're dealing with real people here. Okay. But they wouldn't have been able to make that kind of money if you hadn't been involved. So I think it's a case of someone acting 
one way and saying something else. Well, that's and, almost where I think the movie really misses the true message. These guys made a ton of money. Yeah. But the people who caused the housing bubble made just as much money before everything collapsed. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, they, you know, when these guys are going, oh, you know, we should feel bad about making all this money. They're just making what anyone else can make in apparently these financial institutes. That doesn't on these big deals. I don't. I don't think that that acts, that that, that that excuses that type of mentality. Like I understand how capitalism works. I have a basically. I have a complicated relationship with money. I, I sort of have disdain for it, which is probably why I'm poor. But I don't appreciate it to the same extent that these guys do. I'm not willing to put that much effort into it. I'm not willing to sell my soul to, you know, and I mean that figuratively, they give in to those impulses to the point where are they ever really satisfied? I don't think so. Well, that's to me where Christian Bale's character is the most interesting. He just seems to be a numbers oriented guy and he makes his money by looking further into the numbers and finding the percentages that other people never delve down into. Like, Apparently, he compiles a list of all of these loans, and he looks at every single one, and there are thousands of them. And he rates them all himself and figures out, oh, wow, this has been completely valued incorrectly. And for him, it just seems to be a big, complex problem to solve. Yeah, I I don't know how it works as a movie, though. But it's even, he doesn't seem obsessed with money. It's more, he wants to be the smartest guy in the room, and he wants to convince people that he's able to see things they're not able to right, and have them come over to his side. Like I was saying, it's sort of, that's that's why I didn't like it so much. Is it because, like you mentioned earlier, that they're distasteful people and they're doing distasteful things. And for me, my I, I like just glaze over when I start thinking about all of these big financial matters. I'm just so completely disinterested in it. It's like if a, if a movie... If they were making a movie about, uh, I don't know, building cars, mm-hmm. that's only going to take me so far because I'm not interested in building cars. Yeah, no, I understand. So, I, I mean, and while I agree with a lot of things you're saying, at the same time, it would be wrong of me to wag my finger at all this financial stuff and say it's horrible to benefit from this housing crisis when I was able to buy my own house for a great deal because of the housing crisis. Uh, we got a wonderful deal on my wife's car because of the housing crisis, because, you know, we had great credit and we were smart. Yeah, but that's still different than whether or not it's an enjoyable film. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I can't hate these people too much because I've done a, I've done things I feel they're in a similar vein. When I had to buy my wife's uh, wedding ring, the jeweler wouldn't give me a deal on it. So I called up a jeweler, jeweler in... Uh, town in America. I, I forget what the town was that had one of the highest unemployment rates because of the housing crisis and got a fantastic deal because they just weren't selling anything. Is that wrong of me? Is that evil? <laughs> I mean, my, it's a little distasteful to admit <laughs> to the world, but... But I, I mean, know. to me, I was I, thinking I'm, I'm really just being necessarily... a smart consumer. I've been smart with my money. Yeah. Why, why should I have to pay a surtax just to be nice? But I don't see how that translates into whether or not you like this movie. I guess I guess that's my point. Like whether or not, so you you got a deal. I, I, I and liked you it. I didn't hate it. And like I said, I thought it was interesting from a storytelling perspective because a lot of these people are somewhat distasteful, but you're still able to root for them. 
Yeah, see, I wasn't. I, able to. I don't mind the breaking of the fourth wall. I like when they bring in people like Selena Gomez or Margaret Robbie yeah. to explain some of the more complex financial aspects of this stuff. Didn't do it for me. <laughs> Didn't work for it. Oh, Not that's, really. That's fine. Uh, I still think a better film to understand the housing crisis has to be uh, the 2010 film. Oh, I lost it. Uh, Inside Job. Yeah, it won best documentary back in 2010. Animated movie? No, no, girl's no, head. no, it's a doc- girl. No. No. Anger. And- uh, does this film have the best visual metaphor for you so far this year? Well, no, we already did last year's visual metaphor. So far this year? No, there, I saw a- it last year. I saw this movie last year. Oh, okay. What are you talking did about? Did you not notice when they're leaving Las Vegas, they look out and see a giant billboard of Martin Short. So it's literally a big short. <laughs> no no i didn't see that i didn't notice that it doesn't work for you no no that didn't really do it for me but it must have tickled you a little bit i thought that was kind of cute this movie was uh well accepted by anchor actor man and that surprised me because a lot of these dudes are just i mean this movie is about like dudes and bros and wheeling and dealing and there's like this there's a lot of testosterone that's being thrown around and that Jared Bennett, played by Ryan Gosling, seems like the exact opposite of someone that Scott would like or appreciate. I don't see him to be a very uh, greedy person. I think he would have a disdainful view of that type of person if he knew him in real life. So I'm surprised he liked this movie, but he loved it. thought it was the best movie of the year, and it would probably win for him. It would be his nomination. It would be. It would win the best uh movie of the year in the oscars wow that was a complicated way yeah i don't know complicated way of saying that best picture there's just a lot of competition spotlight's also gained a lot of praise the revenant's been pretty successful in award season i don't know uh some people are still saying mad max could run away with it do you think people will come back to this movie as a document uh 10 years from now and appreciate it more or less Ooh, does this movie age well i'm going to say no i don't think this is up there with like all the president's men and other Wall films Street. that yeah encapsulate a certain time period. I, I don't think this ages terribly well. Hmm. Not to say it's a bad movie. I mean, there have been some great movies that just don't age well. But yeah, when you think two thousand eight, I mean, there was the housing bubble that burst, and there was some financial you know issues, and but there was also the stuff going on with the elections and the politics and all. Seems like it doesn't have the same feeling is like if you say late 80s or 1932 like there's not an association that i feel with 2008 as a uh, i don't know a financial yeah i mean and we may be still too close to 2008 but what is the zeitgeist of 2008 i i don't think i could tell you what that is that what the feel of the end of that first decade of the new millennium is Uh, yeah so, how many other nominations does this have? Uh, it's got quite a few. Uh, like you said, it's been nominated for Best Picture. It's also been nominated uh, Christian Bale for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, directing Adam McKay has been nominated Best Adapted Screenplay, Film Editing. Uh, yeah, those are all its Academy Awards. So that's what five. Yeah. So that that's pretty solid. Does it win any? Are you making any predictions? I think it's got a shot at Best Picture. I don't think it wins directing. I think that's going to go George Miller. Usually Best Director and Best Picture go together. So, Oftentimes. It'll be an it'll be an awkward split. 
I don't think Christian Bale wins for supporting. I think either Mark Rylance or Sylvester Stallone wins. All right, uh, it might gonna, win for adapted screenplay. What do you say? I'm predicting a shutout. I don't, I don't think it will get anything. Very possible. So, I'll probably be wrong, but if anything, best picture, I think that's where it has its best chance. All right, so our next movie then. Wow, wait. So this could get shut out of all the other categories but win best picture. Yeah. I wonder possible. if that's ever happened. We're going to have to ask uh, Scott about that since yep. he knows all his uh, Academy Awards history. That's got to be almost unprecedented, though, to only win one award in its yep. Best Picture. Usually you win Best Director or Best Picture. Or, or acting, Best Acting, yeah. Scream, something else. I don't know. It would be some interesting thing, a little tidbit of information we might want to add to our next yeah. Oscar movie. No, no, no. Okay. So, good, good. I don't know. What's our next Oscar movie? Fury Road? Yeah, let's do Fury Road. All right. What did you think of today's review? Did the guys get it right? Or are you wondering what movie they watched? Send in your review by emailing the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweeting at the Laugh Podcast, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the Laugh Podcast. We will read the best ones on a future show. All right, so the next movie will probably be Fury Road. Looking forward to talking about that again. Talked about it a lot this year. And it deserves every bit of it. That'll be... Well, we're not sure. That might be in, in the 120s, the late 120s of the Laugh Podcast. Yeah, it'll be somewhere in there. I don't know if that'll be out before next week's We Laugh or whatever. We'll figure it all out shortly. Right. So for Mr. Two Frames over there, I'm the L-Trade Box. Everybody. There be dragons. <laughs>